Trail Correspondence is brought to you by Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of lightweight backpacking gear and accessories. Their packs carry comfortably, their roomy shelters protect in harsh weather conditions, and the trekking poles are some of the lightest on the planet. Gossamer Gear is changing the perception of delicate ultralight gear. You'll be hard-pressed to go too far down any long trail without running into a Gossamer Gear backpack, whether it be the 60-liter Mariposa, 40-liter Gorilla, or 36-liter Kuma. Regardless of whether you're new to backpacking or already have thousands of miles under your belt, there's a Gossamer Gear pack for you. As for shelters, Gossamer Gear's The One tent is both lightweight, weighing in at less than 21 ounces, and roomy, with a 19.5 square foot interior and large vestibule. It's an ideal shelter solution for long-distance backpackers. For those hiking as a pair, the Two offers a 29 square foot interior at less than 29 ounces. You can also find a slew of useful backpacking accessories, including the Lightflex hiking umbrella, which is effective for both sun and rain, nylon stuff sacks, waterproof pack liners, fanny packs, and much more. And good news, listeners of Trail Correspondents can score an awesome deal on Gossamer Gear products. Use code TC15 for 15% off your cart at gossamergear.com. That code again is T as in trail, C as in cat hole, and the number 15. Don't wait, this code is only good for a limited time. Get it. Trail Correspondence is also brought to you by North by North. North by North is a company that specializes in multifunctional merino wool apparel that can be worn anytime, anywhere, to help keep you comfortable regardless of the weather. Boasting anywhere from 25 to 100 plus ways to be used, their lightweight products replace several items in your pack to help you save weight. Each product harnesses the amazing properties of merino wool to help keep you warm, cool, dry, and comfortable while protecting you from sun, wind, fire, and insects. Their merino handkerchiefs are popular with thru-hikers to help stave off the extreme heat in the deserts of the PCT, while also providing warmth in the frosty white mountains of the AT. Their merino hooded neck gaiters offer more protection and versatility than a buff, so you can stay warmer on the trail or in your quilt. Each product is offered in a multitude of colors and uses only the best merino wool fabric that is ethically and sustainably sourced directly from Australia. If your neck gaiter or bandana is leaving you wanting more, then check out their line of quality merino wool products at northbynorth.co. .co, not .com, because .co is more ultralight. Again, that's north, the letter X, north.co. Listeners of Trail Correspondence can score an exclusive 10% discount by using coupon code TRACK10 at checkout. That's TRACK, T-R-E-K, the number 10, at checkout. Okay, to the show. You know, a burial plot and a launching pad are approximately the same structure. And so, you know, you can mourn something and bury it, but you can also, you know, use that as a launching point to go somewhere and do something cool. Trail Correspondence, presented by The Trek. I am your host, Zach Badger Davis. When preparing for a thru-hike, aspiring trekkers spend 
countless hours stressing the transition to their new existence, one spent on the other side of walls. Within just a few days, the adjustment to living amongst the trees, on mountains, and under stars was all but complete. If only the transition back inside were so easy. And that's the subject of today's show. Our correspondents share how the adaptation period back to their former worlds has been and what elements of their on-trail worlds they've brought with them, or at least hope to. Here it is. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's Frozen coming at you from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's been about 60 days since I officially became a through hiker. I summited on July 3rd. So I'm slowly starting to transition back into the normal world and getting out of the through hiker world. And I'll be honest, it's been a lot easier than I thought it was. I heard a ton of horror stories about post-trail depression and just people just going on another through hike the next year and just a whole bunch of stuff that I thought was going to happen to me. But to my surprise, it hasn't or hasn't yet. I took two weeks off after summiting to kind of unwind, relax, and kind of decompress everything that I went through on my through hike, which was basically just a whole bunch of fun (laughs) and excitement. And then I started sending out my resumes to companies because the company that said that they were going to re-interview me is still not opening my position. So they've been dragging their feet for quite a while. And I pretty much said that, you know, I'm not going to wait for someone to dictate what I was going to do next. So to my surprise, uh, the first resume I sent to a company, they actually called me back in like three days. I had an interview. And then within 24 hours of that interview, they actually had sent me my acceptance letter. So yeah, it was pretty cool. This company making more money than my last job. And the best part about this is I only have an eight minute commute because it's right down the street from me, which is awesome compared to my 40 minute commute at my other company. So transitioning pretty good. I say the only thing that I'm kind of struggling with at the moment is waking up in the morning. It's like the first five minutes when you open your eyes and you realize that, okay, I'm home now. You know, I know where I'm going to be at the end of this day. I know what's going to pretty much happen throughout the day because it's going to basically be what I did the day before. Now on the AT, it was completely different. You woke up in a different place every morning. You didn't know where you were going to be that day and you didn't know what was going to happen. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of the AT, that uncertainty, that surprise, that excitement, that adventure. And now it's kind of, you know, saving money for the next through hike type of things. But I should mention, I did get engaged on the top of Katahdin, so there's a lot of excitement in my life right now. I feel like my life is finally moving in the right direction. Uh, she's since moved in with me, and you know we're planning a wedding, so a whole bunch of cool stuff down the road for me. Uh, as far as my physical activities, <laughs> I have not been really able to be active, unfortunately. I think the two weeks or three weeks I just spent sitting down and relaxing kind of locked my muscles and joints up to the point where it actually hurts to walk down the stairs. Unfortunately, it it really sucks. I'm really struggling because I want to go back to some kind of workout schedule every day, which is what I was doing before the AT and just something that was really a big part of me. But I think, honestly, I just need to ease into it slowly, which I'm trying to do. I'm the kind of guy that just likes to go full blast into a workout. 
uh, and then I end up hurting myself. Um, but it's going okay. It, it, I think I'm going to give it another couple weeks, and then I'm going to start some kind of in-home workout program, do some weightlifting. Uh, other than my knees, I, I'm good. I'm really relaxed, and I'm feeling great with my decision on hiking the AT. Uh, I think I got off the trail at the right point as I was excited to get back home and see everybody. And I'm really looking forward to my next through hike. So to wrap this up, I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. Way better than before I started the AT. So guys, this is Frozen, and I'll see you in the last episode. It's Catherine Renzitas, a.k.a. Manhattan. It's been about a month. Oh, no, it's been exactly one month since I summited, and I'm currently in Cuzco in Peru. I had originally taken off six months for my through hike and figured, you know, it'll take me maybe five and a half months. It'll give me two weeks to come back to New York, adjust to life before heading back to work. But since I finished my hike in a bit under five months, that left me with quite a bit of time and no apartment since I'm subletting. So I decided, hey, Peru's been on the bucket list. I'm in good hiking shape. Machu Picchu is here and ready to be climbed. So it was a bit of a last minute decision, but I decided to come down to Peru for a month. I would say this intermediate step, as opposed to going right back to New York, back to the office, has been really good just because it lets me get used to civilization again, all the nice warm showers I can have, being able to wear more than one outfit. That's all been pretty fun and exciting. Being able to eat fresh food whenever I want. I've liked this grace period and it's it's nice because I'm still in the hiking mindset of not having that much stuff. So it's pretty easy to get around. I just have you know a 40 liter bag and then a day pack. So that's definitely carried over from hiking. I would say some of the things that I miss about the trail are seeing the people I care about every single day. That's not something that you really get off the trail and not something I'm expecting to get for a while just because everyone I met lives in different places for the most part. I also miss how simple life on the trail was. I mean, my job was to wake up, walk all day, and then go to sleep. Out here, off the trail, life is much more complicated, but in some ways a lot easier. There's a lot of choices as to what I do every day. It's really up to me if I'm going to check things off my to-do list or go read or go here or there. So much more complicated in that sense, but easier in that every single thing I do is not pointing toward one specific goal. I have lots of different things going on. And that's nice just because... I, I did miss some things when I was on the trail. I missed reading, I missed writing. I didn't really make a lot of time for that when I was hiking. So it's nice to have those back, but it was also not fun, but it was definitely a good mental challenge to have everything pointing the same way while I was hiking. Some of the things on the trail that I have definitely taken into the rest of my life have been, you know, I, I spent five months not really being used to looking at my phone often. I'm trying to be a lot more mindful of how I'm using technology and only doing things that seem meaningful to me. 
it's weird now going out and sitting in cafes and just seeing everyone on their phones. Whereas when we were hiking, people would be sitting together or talking together. You don't have service anyway, so there's no point in checking. So that annoys me a bit. And I'm hoping that I can keep my technology use a little more minimal and hopefully inspire some others to do the same. Another thing that I learned on the trail is maybe not learned on the trail, but learned from traveling and kind of emphasized when I was hiking. It's really easy to meet people and be authentic if you are open and honest, and you can form really amazing connections that way. So I'm trying to keep that same kind of mindset. It's a little bit different when you're not in such extreme circumstances with bunches of people, but just trying to be more authentic and open. I think that adds a lot of value to relationships, and I I want to keep that. I also, on the trail, got a lot more comfortable with deciding what I do and do not want to do. Again, my, my goal was to make it to Maine within my time frame, and anything that didn't fit into that goal, I had no problem saying, oh, I don't want to do that. Whether it's not staying in this town, or going ahead to stay in this town, or going to eat here, or not, all those little things, I got a lot more comfortable saying no and remembering that everything that I want to do should be pointing toward what my goals are. So I'd like to take that with me, and I'm trying to take that with me back here off the trail, thinking of my goals for 2020, um, what am I going to let go of in order to meet those goals, what things do I perhaps need to ramp up. So that's in the back of my mind while I'm down here in Peru. Come October 15th, I'll be back in New York, back in the office. I'm sure that'll be a fascinating transition as well, getting used to emails and phones and meetings and all that. But hopefully I can remember a lot of the things I learned over these past months. Thanks and talk to you next time. Bye. Hi there, this is Kenneth Pereira, aka Moron, coming to you on Monday, August 26th. It's 10 p.m. And I am once more negative uh, 70 miles on the Appalachian Trail back here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, my group, we summited on the 3rd of August, so that's been 23 days now, so a little over two weeks. Um, and yeah, man, it's weird to be back, I gotta say, you know. When we first finished and everything, we did take our time and went south and had a few more adventures before we all split ways and um, went back to our separate real-world lives. And I'm also driving right now, which I thought was appropriate because uh, (laughs) I definitely don't think I recorded any clips on trail from inside of a car at any point. So that's sort of the... um, the setting that this clip is coming to you in just for the interesting contrast you hear the the road noises and stuff um it's been raining a lot recently and so i've definitely uh (laughs) elected to stay dry when i could which is a new thing that i'm kind of uh trying out you know uh voluntary suffering um is not something that i am uh, allowing as much in my life as I did before the trail, having had so much, uh, so many instances of uh, being uncomfortable. Now, I, I guess I'm trying to maintain some sort of different level of comfort. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the transition has been kind of up and down for me. When I first got back, I was still kind of felt, I wouldn't say manic or anything like that, but 
I still felt like I was right in the high of the whole experience and felt really, really jammed to be back and like just really sort of on top of, I had like a bunch of things I wanted to do and I accomplished pretty much all of them. Um, and so it's been, I guess in the past week or week and a half when I've kind of found the, the momentum in the, uh, daily tasks that I've been having, uh, lesson, I've found like a bit more dissatisfaction, more, more sort of, more so feelings of boredom creeping in, which is not a feeling that I really am good with dealing with. Um, you know, I had a pretty good routine and schedule and everything like that before the trail and the trail itself obviously was its own like nonstop barrage of things that you had to do. I mean, you really never had a free moment, even on zero days. It felt like we were always running around trying to finish little tasks and chores. Um, and so now being back, um, I haven't gotten a job yet or anything like that, uh, and plan to delay that for as long as possible. Um, so things have started to get more and more put back together in my life. And as that has occurred, I've gotten like less and less satisfied with feeling, uh, stationary where I am. Um, I'm hoping to get up to Springer Mountain Shelter this coming week in a couple days and do the approach trail and then ride my bike back to my car at Amicalola, having parked my bike at the uh, Springer Mountain Shelter parking lot. So I'm looking forward to that, to do something that feels familiar. And I really don't remember the approach trail all that well, even though I've done it twice now. Um, but I think that'll be really good for me to get out and to to stretch those those muscles. I've definitely been staying very active, uh, biking a lot, doing push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that. But I don't know. Like, there's just... There is a lot more time in the day now not having to do all the stuff that we obsessed with and obsessed over while we were on trail. And so it's like filling those hours and that time that has really been the most potent versions of like post-trail depression I guess that I've had because just like damn I don't know what to do with myself right now um and that's just such an unfamiliar feeling I really don't feel like I've felt like that since being a child before I kind of took charge of my life or something as a young adult when I decided that you know I could there was no reason there was no excuse to ever really be bored um and I still believe that that's true, but it's just so, we, there was so much momentum out there on the trail and so much like, uh, just nonstop action that needed to be done just day in and day out. So yeah, I mean, that's been the most difficult part for me, missing people obviously as well. Um, you know, you, you make such great connections and then you guys are all split up again. And in my case with our group, it's got, we've got people in Texas, Wisconsin, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Quebec, uh, I think, yeah, California. I mean, all over the place. Uh, I hope I didn't forget any place, but uh, I can assure you, no people have been forgotten. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird feeling to crash back down and especially to come back to the same place that I was, that I was at, um, before I left, it's just very bizarre feeling, um, especially driving and stuff like that is, uh, I don't like it at all. Um, but like I said, it's raining and I guess I've already gotten soft, uh, all the creature comforts and, uh, you know, the, the callus, it literally, the calluses are like coming off. Like I was looking at my toes earlier today and I was like, man, by the time these calluses are gone, 
like I wonder if I will have also just kind of fully adjusted back to normal life um yeah I don't know there's so much to say but there's so little that can actually be conveyed you know um I don't know I've been doing a lot of reading about post-trail depression just to kind of see how other people have dealt with those kind of similar feelings and it, you know it all makes sense you know if if you have a million billion endorphins getting pumped out like every day because you're uh, exercising for 10 hours a day it kind of makes sense even just from a biophysiological perspective that like if you stop doing that your body has to like down regulate all of those synaptic connect connections so that like you have less of those neurons being sent out so you don't need as many receptors to have them oh here's a group of bike dudes hell yeah uh that looks pretty miserable <laughs> i'll let them go oh, i guess i'll go a little slow uh but yeah anyway um yeah, that's, that's life after the trail, you know. It's it's not as fun as life on the trail, but I do have my eyes set for new adventures and, and like, what will come next and everything, and I'm really excited for that. So that's kind of where I'm focusing my attention in those moments of boredom or sadness or whatever. It's like I do have things to look forward to. I don't have to rush back to another career right now. I'm really in a good position, and, you know, it's important to remember, I guess, the metaphor I like to choose anyway, or use, is that, um, you know, a burial plot and a launching pad are approximately the same structure, and so, you know, you can mourn something and bury it, but you can also, you know, use that as a launching point to go somewhere and do something cool, so... (laughs) The structure is like uh, physiologically the same, but it's just like the way it's used that determines the difference. So this is fertile ground for growth, and it's hard, and it, I wish that it was different, but, you know, it means that it was important to have all these feelings because I certainly wasn't having anything like this as a, a struggle when I was working at my, my job before. So, um, you know, it was still worth it, absolutely. And... Uh, yeah, I guess I should leave it there because I think I'm already going along. Uh, so yeah, for I guess one more time, this is Kenneth coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, negative 70 miles on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, bye for now. Hello friends, it's Flamethrower, back to being Hasmin off trail. It is day 29 since I finished the PCT, and I am back at home in Los Angeles. Uh, the transition to the real world, what has that been like? First of all, I want to challenge the notion that there's a real world and there's the trail. I think everything that happened on trail was real. It was uh, an adventure, for sure. It was maybe not daily life as I know it, but that is all real. Those friendships are all real. The pain was all real. So maybe we call it uh, trail life versus town life and not real life because I think it's all real. So I'm going to get off my soapbox from that and tell you about 
the first two weeks after the hike. Uh, when I got back home from the airport, I got dropped off at home and I felt like I had been dropped from a spaceship from another planet <laughs> and just just looked at my empty apartment and I just had a feeling of loneliness, sadness, what am I going to do? <laughs> All of that came rushing through. And so the first two weeks were uh, definitely the hardest, mainly for three reasons. I was physically unable to hike or run. My feet were in a lot of pain. My toes were numb. Uh, about 29 days later, as like I said, I still have numbness in my right toes. My left foot is mostly okay on that front. However, I've had some plantar fasciitis issues uh, spring up again. And that was something that really threatened my hike at the very beginning. So I'm trying to take it easy and not run too much or get too crazy with the hikes. I went on a hike recently about eight miles where I bagged four peaks in a day. So that was awesome because it wasn't that far from the PCT. It was in the San Gabriel Mountains and that was south of the trail. So that made me very happy. And uh, another uh, thing that I've been able to do uh, since the trail is that I have left my job and that was, I think, a source of anxiety uh, because I didn't have uh, something to occupy my time immediately after I got back, although I, I'm grateful that I've had that time to rest. And um, the third reason why the first two weeks were very hard were because I had no clear goals, either uh, career-wise or for being outdoors. Since then... I'm happy to report that, as I said, I've been able to hike and run, although I have to uh, ease into that more carefully. I have new goals for being outdoors. I am going through the Sierra Club's leadership training program that I had abandoned, if we're being honest, before I started the trail. So I am continuing on that project. I'm doing a navigation noodle. So I'll be spending a weekend near Whitewater, near the PCT, and working on my navigation skills. That is uh, something that makes me very happy. Also, I am hiking the Trans-Catalina Trail on my birthday. I am spending a few days solo backpacking again. I have a new tent and you know, I'm just really excited to be able to do something that resembles through hiking. So that's in December. I will be on trail on my birthday. And also, you know, I swore that I wouldn't, you know, consider the Triple Crown or the AT. A lot of people asked me while I was on trail whether I would hike the AT or the CDT next. And I dismissed it offhand. I said, no, I have no interest in doing the AT, um, you know, much less the CDT. But, you know, I got to say, <laughs> never say never. I am seriously considering doing the AT next year. I don't know what's getting into me. Um, 
you know, I felt like I didn't have the same level of passion for the AT as I do for the PCT. I had been thinking about this trail so long and doing section hikes. And the fact that I live near the PCT really helped me visualize what it would be like to be uh, through hiking. So I am thinking about the AT. I'm not committing to it yet because it goes to the third um, aspect of um, my new life, which is uh, career goals. I am looking for work, but I'm also considering other options like going back to school and doing a master's degree or looking for work that would um, allow for more flexibility. So doing consulting, going uh, into business uh, for myself. And uh, so that takes me to the elements that I want to bring into my new life. And those are freedom and confidence. So I would want to have the freedom to set my own um, schedule and work on my own time and save money and be able to uh, go hiking for weeks or even months at a time. And I'm considering and brainstorming ways of how can I do this in the medium to long term and that's really something that right now I value a lot and that's something that the PCT definitely taught me is to be flexible and uh, not make long-range plans just be open to what might happen so I hope to bring that into the future and continue to be someone who uh, is open to new opportunities and um, so that is what's on my mind friends this is Jasmine signing off and I will talk to you very soon everyone this is Kartike Nadendla currently reporting from Vijayawada India that's right so I finished PCT walked into the Manning Park and made it to Vancouver by the night and that night itself I booked the flight to get to India and next day morning I caught the flight I literally came to India with like not carrying nothing I had no checked in baggage all I had was this mini backpack with one pair of clothes and my laptop and my phone and camera that's that was everything i had in my pack it felt so good for the first time in my life i actually traveled across country like that and i would say i didn't have enough time to actually digest the fact that i finished the pct i've been running an entire stretch of washington with the hope that i want to finish early and i was like stressful at that point i was so happy that it was done and then right away i got the flight ticket and came to india and i was so happy that i'm here too so it's been 12 days right now that I'm off trail and the transition back to the real world. I don't know what exactly real world means. I think everything is real or everything is an illusion. But the world that I'm in right now today is really great. And I feel so happy because I'm home with my parents and they are cooking meals for me every day. I'm not doing anything at all, literally laying on bed all day or just going out with my friends, hanging out, eating street food and you know all the spicy food that I was craving in Washington all day, all the Tiffins, etc. 
so the transition back to the it's not, this is not the real world by the way for me my world the world that I actually live is in Canada Victoria waiting for me once I go back which would be on the 26th of October and then I have to resume working in a cubicle so I don't think I'm ready for that yet but the world that I'm in right now with my parents in India is amazing I'm having a great time here but but like i would say i still keep looking at the pictures of pct and i still keep talking about pct to all my friends and family and i still keep posting about pct on my instagram as well so literally even though i'm in india i've been thinking about pct all day and night i don't know why it's like i think it's going to stay with me for the rest of my life my life would be like pre pct and post pct right i'm having all these post pct syndromes and but there are so many elements on trail that i would like to bring here first of all the conservation like india i see is pretty much kind of people don't give a shit that's how people live here but out there in in the wilderness i was i was taking care of everything like pack out you know leave no trace like all the ethics and that's something which i would carry with me for the rest of my life and the other thing is like taking care of others i used to be a guy where, like i was like oh i don't care but not anymore when someone needs help even if it's a random stranger who i never met i'm going to go help him out no matter where he is in the world and the other thing is obviously the most common thing is the material aspect of the trail where i don't need a lot of things anymore i'm actually very happier having very less stuff that's for sure so even if i go back i'm not going to spend any money on materialistic things i'm not going to buy any clothes i'm not going to you know like buy any extravagant things which i don't need with money i don't have and i'm just going to keep saving my money to go on probably adventures or find a meaningful a purposeful living in life so that's the other thing the purposeful living so i've been really lethargic and lazy the past 12 days being home here and i don't feel like doing anything at all and that's one is kind of an celebration i would say which not really my leg is aching so i'm still kind of healing from the from all the soreness and tenderness that i experienced on the trail but the other thing is i don't have any mission i don't have any goal anymore so i think having a goal having a purposeful meaningful life is the most important way of living and without it i can drown into laziness like no big deal which is pretty evident at the moment looking at me the past 12 days i'm like a lazy cat just lying around and eating and sleeping and doing nothing watching stupid youtube videos and scrolling through the instagram feed all day long that's not how i was on the trail but nevertheless i feel like i deserve this kind of relaxation so i'm going to continue relaxing until i stay in india which is about two more weeks and then as soon as i fly back i had to set my other goal and then live with a mission that's how i decide to live the rest of my life and that's the biggest element i took away from the trail that I want to bring to the new life. So this is the adjustment that I'm I don't say struggling but I'm going through right now. And thank you for following me on the journey you all. It was it was a epic finish and great trail and I really want to promote PCT wherever I am from here on. So this is Kartike Anandla signing off from India. Thank you.
everybody, it's Carjack here, and I'm recording from my home in Victoria, Canada, and it's been about a month since I finished my thru-hike of the PCT, and today I'm going to be talking about how the adjustment back to regular life has been, and uh, you know, what everyone says is true, the adjustment back after a thru-hike is tough, it's really hard to reintegrate back to my regular life, and uh you know, I'm still, it's been over a month now and I'm still, still struggling with it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was excited to be done the trail. I was really excited. It was getting very, very cold at night. So I was especially excited to be sleeping in a warm bed every night and showering and being able to eat whatever I wanted. And, you know, all of those things have been awesome, but I'm missing the trail a lot. And I think something that's, I wasn't expecting, um, is that, when I finished the trail because of my flip-flop, I was hiking with a lot of southbound hikers. And so I got off the trail, but most of my friends were continuing. So, um, I kind of didn't anticipate how hard it would be to know that all my friends are still out there hiking, uh, the desert, which I'd already done, but I think it made me feel a little bit more isolated. Although I did still have friends that had flipped and, you know, I've kept in touch, you know, on, phone calls and texts and everything with my other friends who are off the trail. And that's been a huge help, but, uh, I have really felt especially sad knowing that most of my friends are still on trail. So, um, you know, but things have been pretty good. I've had a, an easier time adjusting kind of logistics wise because I've got a pretty flexible job. So I was able to take a couple weeks off, with some family and friends, um, and then kind of been gradually getting back to work. And I think that's been helpful. Um, a big adjustment for me has been in terms of food and eating. Uh, I did lose a fair amount of weight on the trail. I lost 26 pounds. And although I, I put on 10 pounds before the trail, so I finished the trail about 15 pounds lower than my normal weight and, uh, you know, just absolutely starving. I think I'd gained, I'd lost, you know, at least five in the last week or two, just because I'd had kind of a bad resupply and a long food carry with, and I ran out of food. So I, I was pretty thin when I finished and pretty starving. So I, I have to say I've probably gained back, um, at least 10 pounds in a month. And so I'm almost kind of at my normal weight. I would definitely caution anyone who thinks that the PCT is a magical weight loss formula. You certainly will lose weight, but it's, it's completely unsustainable. There's no way I can keep up, you know, the 12 to 14 hours a day of exercise I was doing, um, with the sort of naturally calorie restricted diet that comes when you have to carry everything that you're eating. But now that I'm back in real life, it's really hard not to just eat so much junk. I feel like I finished the trail extremely sugar addicted. And so I still struggle. I'm trying to limit the amount of sugar I'm eating, but it's really, really hard. And I sometimes do cave. I've been eating more ice cream than is healthy. That's for sure. Um, And otherwise my body is also still slow to adjust. I feel like my feet are still broken. I'm still limping and, you know, trying to do harder hikes, just day hikes. Um, A few times my knees are just absolutely killing me. So I think my body is still going to take a while to recover as it adjusts back. Um, And then, yeah, the mental adjustment, just being back in noise and traffic and 
it's 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 just a lot of sensory overload at times so I'm doing my best to try to have quiet time to myself and time out in nature and that helps a lot um and then yeah one question what what elements of of on-trail life am I trying to kind of bring to my regular regular life I think that's a really good question um and I'm thinking a lot about that when I first got back I feel like I was sort of just in pure rest and recovery mode and I one thing that I really found good on the trail was a lot of routine and sort of structure to my day and I don't normally have that and I found it was really good for me to have that really strong routine and sort of regimen and order and so when I came back um, to regular life and I had no routine and no order I found that a really jarring adjustment and so uh, sort of in the last couple of weeks I've been trying to remedy that a bit by getting a bit more routine and order than I even normally have in my life so just having a a really um, routine in the morning especially because I found that on the trail I just I always did things in the same order you know even packing up my stuff and you know where everything was in my tent and where everything went in my backpack so I'm I want to bring that into my life because I just find it it kind of clears some space in my mind for other things and then the other thing Um, I've been really aware of is just how I interact with people and strangers I feel like on the trail um, I'd just be sitting you know having a break on the side of the trail and someone would come along and we'd just sort of be instantly friends just sort of open to each other and you know open to sharing and open to conversation and I, I have to say I I notice how different it is in real life people are not open like that and so I want to bring some of that openness talking to strangers and making eye contact, saying hello. Um, I want to bring that into my regular life because I found that that really made my experience on the PCT very rich. And I want to bring that into my life. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely missing trail. I'm happy to be home. I'm happy to be getting back to work. I do love my job and I missed, missed it. Um, but there's some struggles that I'm having and I, I just need to be patient with myself. It's only been a month and I, I think, you know, give it a few more months and I'll sort of be back into the routine again. I'm definitely not feeling like I'm ready to sign up for another through hike. Um, some of my friends are already talking about the, the CDT or other trails and, you know, my body feels wrecked still and I, I can't see that happening, but, um, yeah, I still, I gotta have, think of some kind of trip or, or something to, to have to plan and look forward to, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been good. It's good to be home. No place like home. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. This is Carjack and I'm signing out. Backpacker Radio. This is Ark, um, and it has been 21 days since I left the trail, and I wanted to just kind of, you know, share with you guys how I'm doing, how the transition back to normal life has been. Um, I am back at work. Um, I'm. I started. I went back to work less than a week before I, less than a week after I got back. Um, you know, back at home with my husband, uh, back to the gym, all those like normal things. And, um, so far, like I have been completely thrilled to be back. I, you know, I know a lot of people get post-trail depression or really miss the trail. And some of my trail uh, family members are going through that. I don't really feel 
those feelings too much. I, I definitely miss the people. Um, you know, I had spent every day for several months with my hiking partners, Woodpecker and Raspberry, and I miss them tremendously. Like there's so many moments during the day where something will happen that I know they would think is funny or that we had an inside joke about. And it's, you know, it's a bummer that they're not here to laugh with me. But, you know, we've been texting and, um, you know, the other people that I met on the trail, I, you know, we've got kind of a group text. And um, so that's helped. So I I have missed that part. Um, I haven't missed, like, the other day it started raining and I thought to myself, I don't have to care that it's raining. I'm inside. I have a house. Um, And that was kind of nice. So, you know, I... I definitely want to, you know, hike and backpack some more. Um, but as of right now, I'm definitely not feeling like, oh, I really wish I was back on trail. You know, I'm bummed to be home. I've been very happy to be home. I've definitely had a really big sense of gratitude since I've been home um, for both the people and just, you know, all the things that you do without when you're backpacking. Um, so one thing that I have noticed, I guess, about my personality and that, that other people have noticed too is that I seem to be very chill about things or more chill than I was before. I'm a super high-strung person, high anxiety. I worry about everything. And people at like school kind of commented like, you just, you seem to be more relaxed. And I think it's because I definitely learned on this through hike, like things just always worked out. You know, I would stress about logistics. I would stress about the weather. I would stress about whatever it was. And it was amazing to me, things just always came together. And I think that by the end of the through hike, I had stopped worrying about a lot of those things because I started to believe that. And I think that's definitely transferred over to my normal life. I've seen just, you know, I just, I do feel like I am more calm about things and have more faith um, that things will be okay. So in general, my transition's been really good. I, you know, I'm just very happy to be home. Um, I'm so glad I did this. I'm so glad I did my through hike, but, um, but yeah, I'm happy to be back and, and just in a good place. So, um, all right. Well, thanks you guys so much and, uh, hope everyone's having a great day. is Allison, a.k.a. Farmer's Market. And this is Eric, a.k.a. Tropicana. And we are the brother-sister PCT team, as you guys know by now. (laughs) But we're recording from our parents' house in Colorado. Yes. Not the trail. (laughs) Not the trail anymore. Yeah. Um, Um, So we're about like two weeks out from, or away from finishing the, or we finished the trail two weeks ago (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um... And I don't know. It's been different. Yeah. So how has the transition back to real life been for you? <laughs> um, we went to a busy brewery on our way home and we stopped in Seattle on a road trip back to Colorado. And like, it's just really strange being in the city. Um, and everyone is there for a different reason. Whereas like on the trail, like everyone's out there kind of hiking, even the day hikers and the long distance hikers, everyone out there for the same reason. And it's just kind of weird being back into, like, really busy kind of chaotic life. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And knowing that there's other people around, like, you're not going to run into um, PCT hikers, like, in a town or something like that. Like, No. Or, <laughs> um, yeah, we're kind of away from that whole community now, which has been a little weird. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like the trail does influence you in life post trail too as well 
um, just to like, I've noticed how I've been thinking. It's been kind of slower paced, more like kind of complete thoughts, whereas before it was just mm-hmm. kind of rapid fire. And that's something I'd like to continue even after I get a job. I'm in a process of applying for architecture jobs again, but just to slow down my thoughts and kind of, um, you know, take it a little bit slower. Yeah. We, we actually, on our road trip home, we gave a, a CDT hiker that was hitchhiking a ride which was fun <laughs> and he uh he gave us some good advice or like he not so much advice but made a good point about how trail life is at three miles per hour and then like everyday life um is like at 65 miles an hour yeah and so i guess what i'm trying to say is i'd like to keep it at like three miles per hour as much as i can just because i believe like my quality of thought is so much better that way yeah i would agree with that um and i think in addition to just trying to slow down the pace of life and um, enjoy more moments of everyday life instead of just trail life. Um, yeah. I'm trying to stay active as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> every day, try to like go on a run or bike ride or hike or something like that just because it's, um, it's really nice to be active and outside every day. Yeah. So making that a goal, priority in my life now to stay outside, stay active. Yeah. And stay confident while doing it. Like we were on the trail. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Not lose any of those skills that we learned. Yeah. So. All right. Other than that, finding jobs. Finding jobs. Fun. <laughs> I think that's our our next big task. Yeah. Trying to find some jobs and make some money. I guess so. Yeah. I will say it's really nice having the Sierra to look forward to still in the future. So that, I yeah. think that's kind of warded off some of the post-trail depression, actually. It really has, because it feels like we haven't actually finished it. Like, there's still trail out there. There's still PCT to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, which I agree. I really like that. Yeah. So. All right, guys. All right, until next time. See ya. Bye, guys. What's up, Trekkers? Dosu here. Uh, it is October 4th, and yesterday was National Boyfriend Day, or as I like to call it, National Your Single Awareness Day. Um, that's just like an extra thing where, you know, you come off from trail and you haven't been in like relationships with women off trail uh, for a while not like a lasting one um and then you see everyone's pictures of their boyfriends or them going out on dates it's kind of like valentine's day uh for us but anyways yeah it is october 4th it's a little over two weeks since i've been off trail um i am now in portland oregon i've been here since friday so about a week now um, still very much so adjusting. It is uh, probably the biggest city I've ever lived in in my whole life. So on top of just spending the last seven months in the woods, uh, I'm also in the largest city I've ever been in. So that is a lot to handle. Uh, on top of that, uh, while I was uh, road tripping here to Portland, I 
made the biggest mistake of my fucking life, I feel like. Um, probably the only thing that I regret in any part of my life is that I left all my memory cards with all my photos and videos for the last two years, including everything on the Content of Divide Trail, uh, at the hotel, uh, that I was staying in, and then I checked out, I left and drove, uh, you know, five hours, and didn't realize it until about four o'clock in the morning, uh, when I had to plug in my phone, because my charger was also in the bag for these memory cards, uh, so I, I called the hotel, and I'm like, hey, uh, I left this item in the hotel, like, is it in the lost and found, because I really need it, and they're like, no, there's no, no, no bag of, like, chargers and headlamp and memory cards or anything like that in our lost and found. I was like, well, I definitely left it in the room. Um, I'm like, can you go check the room? They're like, oh, I'm sorry, there's someone staying in the room. Uh, so I, I freaking panic. Um, this is at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I went, I couldn't sleep, uh, couldn't eat for about 24 hours waiting for them to, you know, locate my memory cards. Like the housekeeper said that she never saw them in the room. Um, they're supposed to check all the drawers and everything. I left it in the drawer of the desk. I was like, I, I, I doubt she checked. Maybe she just forgot to check the door in the desk. Um, and they were like, no, they always check. There wasn't anything in there. So either the housekeeper stole my stuff, um, or, uh, didn't check the drawers. And then the person that was in the room, uh, stole my stuff and didn't return to the front because the front desk people, um, ended up going and asking the person because the person ended up staying in that room for three days. They ended up asking that person if like I had left them in there and the, the person said, no, there was nothing in there, but I know that they were in there. So, um, but yeah, so I couldn't eat or sleep for, uh, 24, 36 hours. Um, it was pretty bad. Stressing out a lot. I called repeatedly, offered rewards, um, sent friends there to try talking to them, um, and just came up against like a brick wall. So, um, someone decided, uh, instead of me being able to pay them, you know, a couple hundred bucks, uh, to have my stuff back and they could just have bought it themselves. They decided they would rather, you know, delete all my photos and just use the memory cards themselves. It just, it freaking kills me. Um, on top of that, it's like dealing with like being off trail, done my triple crown. Um, if you guys heard like the earlier podcast, like, I said, you know, for me, the hardest part isn't actually being on trail, it's coming back from trail. Um, I've quite literally been a mess. Um, I feel like a pendulum swinging back and forth between, you know, trying to be excited about being in a new city and a new type of adventure um, and being able to meet new people and uh, missing the life that I once had. Um, But I'm hanging in there. I'm trying not to uh, think about uh, never use seeing any of those photos or pictures with my friends and trail fam and nature again, that like, when I do that, I just want to vomit. Um, but yeah, so how am I doing post trail? Uh, 
probably not within the top best. Uh, it's probably more along the lines of agony. Uh, but I've been gritting my teeth and smiling through it. So um, hopefully it starts to get better. You know, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to get uh, when I was hitching uh, from Canada to Montana and then I stayed a night and then I started hitching to Missoula so I could get my stuff and rent a car. Um, I ended up getting picked up by uh, a documentary film crew that was filming my brother Akuna and uh, they ended up like taking me back to trail and letting me uh, hike the last 40 miles with him again. So I actually got to finish the CDT twice. Um, that was pretty much like me just like clinging to the last little bit of trail that I could. Um, so yeah, I ended up hiking uh, to Canada twice uh, from uh, Glacier. So that was like a lot of fun. Um, I got to see a lot better views uh, because when I did it my time, uh, finished on the 11th, it was uh, really cloudy and rainy. And then finishing on the 15th, there was a lot more sun. Um, I could see the mountains a lot better and see the glaciers. There's so many glaciers that I didn't get to see uh, when um, I hiked it with my actual through hike. So that was really cool. Um, and it also let me cling on to being a through hiker for a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, now it's all over. Now I'm in fucking Portland knowing pretty much fucking nobody and uh i got a big room in a house which is nice um friends letting me stay here uh start a job and fucking deal with the misery but it's gonna be okay all right i'm gonna stop bitching see you guys everybody. This is Sarah Duma. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And where in the world am I? I am currently in Spain. So I left the CDT about a month ago. And um, when I left the CDT because of the crap weather in the winds, went over to the Tetons hoping I could hike there. But they had some crap weather, so I just did some little day hiking around there. Then I did a bit of van lifing with uh, one of my good friends that I hiked the AT with, and we headed, headed over to the West Coast, and I visited some uh, old trail friends and hiking friends, and then I flew home to Canada, back to my home in Kitchener, Ontario, uh, spent some time with my family, then booked a flight and flew on over to Europe. So I'm currently on the Camino de Santiago. The Camino de Santiago runs all over Spain, actually all over Europe. And the route that I'm on currently is the Camino de Madrid. So I started walking from Madrid and I'm going to travel up to connect with the Camino Francis. That's the big one that most people know about. And then um, head on north through the Cantabrian Mountains on the Camino de San Salvador connect with the Camino Primitivo, which is also still in the mountains, and then roll on into Santiago de Compostela. 
So uh, the big adjustment for me after leaving the CDT is uh, now being on a trail where it's not wilderness hiking. I do have my tent with me, so I do have an option if I do want to sleep outside, but it's kind of hard to want to do so when the accommodations are so frequent and so cheap. I mean, I can get uh, a warm bed and a hot shower for less than $5 a night here. So... And we'll see if I end up using my tent. Um, And I also really love that I don't have to carry more than a day's worth of food with me. I only have to worry about food resupply on Sundays when uh, the shops are closed. Otherwise, I can get food pretty much every day. Uh, A big advantage I have is, uh, you know, the CDT is is something that can take a mental toll on you. And so while I'm walking in Spain, my mind often drifts back to moments and times on the CDT. And I use that time to kind of sort through my feelings and decompress. Uh, I am kind of, uh, (laughs) I'm really missing the CDT's challenges and ruggedness. Uh, the Camino is fairly easy. Uh, when I come to like a little stream crossing or I have to ford a tiny little stream, I think back to like the raging Gila River where I was in fear for my life crossing it. And I think, whoa, wow, I was a badass back then. What am I doing now? This is this is like Mickey Mouse. Anyhow, uh, the Camino does have its charms, uh, primarily its wine and its historic value and the people and the locals. It, it does have some great scenery, but really it, it, it ain't no CDT. The CDT was just <laughs> like magnificent. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. Um, I haven't hiked all of the AT, but, um, CDT was definitely for me way more beautiful than the AT or the Pacific Crest Trail. So um, anyhow, I'm uh, my situation is different than the average through hiker because I'm not returning to real life job or routine life. I'm continuing with hiking and adventuring and I'm going to continue doing so for at least another year. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have the savings at my disposal to do so. And uh, life is short. I don't know what's going to happen. I do have a um, health issue that's always in the back of my mind. So can uh, I continue checking off uh, items on my hu- hiking bucket list because I never know uh, when the end may come. And uh, I will be back on the CDT next year and I'm really looking forward to it. So um, not so much of a trail transition for me, just kind of like a parallel move, parallel trail move. <laughs> this is Sarah Duma, where in the world is Carmen San Diego saying, so say we all live long and prosper. And that's it for today's show. There is still one more show to be had, and instead of teasing the subject, we're going to leave it as a surprise. What I can say is that you will not be disappointed. For those who've been asking, yes, we will be bringing back Trail Correspondence next year. The application will be announced sometime in December or January on thetrek.co. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter to ensure you don't miss this announcement, which we've included in the show notes. Today's show was edited by our guy, Polly Boy Shalcross, who's also the creator of these intoxicating beats. You can keep up with the show on Instagram at Trail Correspondence, on Twitter at ThruHikerPod, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trail Correspondence. 
you can get a hold of us via email at podcast at the trek.co. Signing off for now. Happy hiking. Happy hiking.